It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this is, um, I believe, our 23rd show since we started in January of uh, this year. And this show was uh, brought to you by Camp Constitution. Among other things, Camp Constitution runs a week-long family camp, and our camp is coming right up July 12th, which is a Sunday. And uh, it it runs a a week-long, Sunday to Sunday, actually a week and a day, at the beautiful Toanippi Christian Retreat Center in Ringe, New Hampshire, which is in the southwest corner of the state, right on the Massachusetts border, but don't let that be a distraction. Anyway, if you're interested in learning more about our camp, now it's a family camp as well as unaccompanied minors and adults. Uh, and we have uh, some cases, whole families, uh, children under three or free. And if you'd like to learn more about the camp, you can visit the website at uh, www.campconstitution.net. And you can learn about uh, our class and the things we do. You can visit our YouTube channel. Well, not only do you see this radio show archive, but also some of the events we've had, uh, classes and events, activities at our camp over the last, oh, I don't know, five or six years. Our first camp was held in 2009. Every camp has been held at the Toanippi Retreat Center. And um, <clears throat> every year we get more people, more, attract more people. This year we're going to have Tom DeWeese, who is one of the nation's foremost experts on Agenda 21, which I'll be talking about at this segment, the show. Uh, Chris Ann Hall, who is a constitutional scholar and expert. She travels all over the country discussing this uh, topic. It's uh, really considered a ministry for her, and she's uh, returning. She was at our camp last year. And we have the, uh, the, the national treasure known as the Patriot Pastor, Garrett Lear, He'll be there for a few days towards the end of the week with his wife, and uh, in addition to his classes that he usually does, he'll be doing some musket training. With his, uh, bring, he'll bring his um, his replica firing replica musket, and we have some great activities in addition to the classes: a hike up Mount Monadnock, a trip to the Tea Party Museum in Boston, Massachusetts, very close to the original Tea Party, and many other things. So again. Visit this site, uh, campconstitution.net. Now, uh, Agenda 21, uh, oh, I don't know, several months ago, we had Tom Tom DeWeese here as a guest. And uh, I'd like to discuss it during this uh, next 25 or so minutes. Since 2011 to about 2013, 2014, I've given close to 200 presentations on the subject in, oh, I don't know, maybe 15 state New England and New York and 
Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Delaware, probably uh, Pennsylvania, and maybe New Jersey, and maybe a few other states. And when I visit a town where I'm giving a presentation, I like to get in there a little ahead of time because I like to be able to find evidence of Agenda 21 in the particular town where I'm giving the presentation. And it's amazing that people, a lot of well-informed patriots, have no idea. They're not sure what to look for. They uh, may think something's not right in town, but they don't really know some of the language that's used. And the language that the Agenda 21 supporters use changes all the time. For example, a visionary session five, six, seven years ago, there may be a visionary session being hosted by some folks in your town. And it sounds kind of innocuous. What's, what's the big deal? Some, some new agey types will sit around and discuss plans. No, no harm there, right? Uh, well, that's the session that will determine the, the future of your town, unbeknownst to most people probably unbeknownst to about 98%, 99% of the people in town. Uh, they changed the terminology. Now it's called a charrette. A charrette even sounds more innocent, right? I think of a charrette. I think of maybe sitting around a cafe with some wine, wearing your beret, and listening to music. Uh, that's what a charrette sounds like to most people. But it's the same thing. It's a visionary session. And these visionary sessions aren't so visionary because you have folks who are trained uh, by using something called the Delphi technique, where you have uh, groups broken down into uh, people broken down into groups of tables of six to seven, and each table has a so-called facilitator who is trained to build consensus, and usually someone at that table who you think is just uh, one of the members of the community is also a, a, a trained uh, person who will make sure that the dissent is squashed, if they could then, if you know how to do it right, can really set up one of these and really throw a, a, a wrench into the works. You just have to be cool. You can't get angry. You can't make accusations, and that's sort of be you know, the, how a lot of folks we get in there. and We want to start getting a little upset about this. That they marginalize you and discount you. But if there's a way to do it, we can really shut that down. And at these sessions, they'll come up with all. Everyone has their own ideas. But all the ideas are have already been pretty much chosen, the topics. And if it's an Agenda 21, well, they already have the plan on the shelf. They just customize it to fit the particular community. And <clears throat> interesting thing happened. Several years ago, I was in the town of Ringe where we hold our summer camp. I was leaving information off on Agenda 21 the town hall. Now, Ringe is a town. I think it's about 5,000 population. It's a good size. Geographically, it's a good size town. It's about 50 square miles, uh, a rural town. And the population there, you've got some folks who have been there a number of generations. Um, like my friend Larry Cleveland, his family's been there for over 100 years. You have a Finnish population, and they're probably three or four generations. They tend to be conservative. You'll see a number of Bible-believing churches in town. So it's a, you would call it a conservative-minded town. <clears throat> but um, when I got to this town hall, and there's a three selectmen in town, and I left information off for the selectmen, I found this little printout uh, in, a, um, in a plastic spiral bound that says, Defining a Town Center, Plan New Hampshire, the Foundation for Shaping the Built Environment, Visioning for Sustainable Communities. Now, that's the term. The minute you see sustainable communities, you know what's happening. And Plan New Hampshire 
well, what's Prime New Hampshire? That's what so so when I saw this, I automatically knew that Agenda 21 has come to ringe. So, like any good freedom activist, I got a copy of the charrette, and I wrote a letter to the local newspaper. That uh, the newspaper, the town doesn't have its own paper, but there's a regional paper called the Monadnock Ledger. I think it comes out two times a week. And I don't know if my letter was ever run. But in my letter, I mentioned the charrette. I mentioned Plan New Hampshire, what Plan New Hampshire does. The purpose of Plan New Hampshire is to promote Agenda 21 town by town in the state of New Hampshire. And I mentioned the connections to HUD, the Housing and Urban Development. It's a federal city that should be abolished, but they're uh, putting money into New Hampshire through their promotion of uh, sustainable communities, sustainable development initiative. And when you hear the term initiative coming from the federal government or state governments, you have two things you're going to watch out for, your money and your freedom. Now, these initiatives never lead to limited government and freedom. It's always more government and less freedom. Uh, these initiatives aren't designed by by free people, you know, in their spare time, always oh, come up, this is a good idea, we can do this. Now, these initiatives are at the top, at the very top. Uh, Agenda 21 was uh, formulated and introduced to the world in 1992, in June of 90, 1992, in Rio de Janeiro. But don't think that it was drawn up there. It was already in the works years before. This is just the formalization. And the notion that it's just Agenda 21, that's not law. It's just a little guideline. It's harmless. Yes, uh, world leaders uh, get together, you know, thousands of these people, just to throw out uh, uh, water balloons at a hotel in Rio de, de, de Janeiro. They get together for a reason. Millions of dollars are spent just for the meetings alone for a reason. So anyway, getting back to range, I wrote a letter, and I pointed out why what was happening and it need, that why it needed to be stopped. And for more information, please contact me or visit this website. This is what I always recommend when you do write a letter to the newspaper or post something on social media. You know, put the worm on the hook. Put some contact information. Don't just give information out, but what to do about it. Where can I find more? Where can I network with like-minded people to stop this? So, so I got the letter, and I also pasted it on the Town of Ringe Facebook page in most towns. And, folks, most politicians have Facebook pages, just like most radio stations. This uh, WBCQ has a Facebook page. So I posted a letter on the Tunnel Ridge Facebook page and just sat back and watched the so-called progressives attack me, viciously, ugly accusations. It was almost amusing. Uh, I'm an out-of-town, paid operative, uh, out-of-state operative. It's interesting that I live in Boston. Ridge is about 80, 75 miles to 80 miles away from me. It's okay to be an operative from Washington, D.C. and have money coming from Washington, D.C., but don't let some freedom activist uh, cross over the border and expose some of this stuff. Then you're an out-of-town, out-of-state operative uh, working for the, the evil Koch brothers or something like that. So, But what happens is when these, these leftists in town overreacted to my posting, some of the people in town who are more freedom-minded start paying attention. And, uh, and one particular man saw the postings, and he, there was another meeting in town. It was about a year after the charrette. It was... Uh, discussing the uh, the plan for this particular section of Ringe, and he didn't like what he saw, and it made sense. what he read from my posting made start to make sense. So he contacted me, 
and he took a you know two or three months of his time, what little free time you have in today's economy, to learn about this subject, and he really immersed himself. And we got together in September, I think it was 2012. Uh, he came to one of our meetings in Troy, New Hampshire, a few towns away. And it was there he decided to take some action. In October of that year, he, um, he had a meeting. Uh, over 200 people showed up, and the whole thing was sort of exposed at what was happening. They did some mailings. <clears throat> Actually, the time frame is 2013. So, so 2013. Uh, October 2013, they had a meeting, a couple hundred people show up. Now, a couple hundred people, almost everybody was from the town of Ringe. That's a big turnout, you know, for a small town like that. Uh, And they did a few mailings to the members of the town. They had a couple of folks that put money in for postage and printing, you know, a few thousand dollars. And in the elections of 2014 in March, in New Hampshire, many of the towns had their elections town for town offices in March or April, and they have something called a warrant article, uh, initiative peti- uh, petition on the ballot. Uh, so it's called different things in different communities. And on the warrant articles, they, one of them was to remove the charrette, which is what we were talking about here earlier, from this town's master plan. Another thing was to... Uh, remove its membership from the Southwest Regional Planning Commission. And the Regional Planning Commissions, uh, they're one of the vehicles, one of the many vehicles that is that are, that is employed to introduce Agenda 21. And New Hampshire has something called, um, uh, well, there's a few things, but they're using the Regional Planning Commissions to introduce Agenda 21. They're getting money from the federal government, to these regional planning entities that are sort of quasi-government. Uh, they were created by the governments back in the 1960s for good purposes, at least that's what we think. But now they're pushing this uh, into something called Grand Estate Future. That's sort of a super uh, entity that is using its influences to, through the Regional Planning Commission. So so the second uh, item on the warrant, item on the ballot warrant article was to, to remove its membership quit the Southwest Regional Planning Commission, and the third, which I think was a stroke of genius, and it may have been the first time it was done, that any time money comes from HUD, that, that there would have to be a vote on it. There has to be a general election and vote whether or not the town will accept the money. Because when HUD comes in, some people use the term strings attached. Well, I say they're chains more than strings. So <clears throat> they had the elections, and all of these things passed by a pretty comfortable margin, um, some cases three to one margin. It was phenomenal. And um, they have three selectmen. One of the selectmen that was promoting this was voted out, as well as a couple of members of the planning board. And in the wake of this came a group called Save Our Town. And now every time there's a planning board meeting, there's a select board meeting or a town meeting of some sort, there are members of Save Our Town, maybe not all of them, but some of them that will be there taking notes, asking questions, and then exposing what's happening at these meetings. Prior to this, most of the people that showed up at these meetings were the so-called progressives that had an agenda, and they were more than happy to be able to just run the town. And this is what happens while these towns are taken over, folks, especially if you live in states like New Hampshire and Vermont. Vermont, unfortunately, was lost by the 70s. Most people didn't know what was going on. 
New Hampshire, though, you've got a lot of people moving in from different parts of the country. You have the Free State Project people that uh, promoting limited government, and some of these folks are not really in tune to Agenda 21, unfortunately. Some of them are. Uh, but you have a lot of so-called liberals and progressives that like New Hampshire, and they come in, and they don't just go fishing and enjoy the uh, enjoy the nice uh, nice scenery. They're there to take over the government, and they do. And they're very active at it too. So that if if you're moving into any of these states, and if you're activist, stay an activist, because the other folks, the the people on the other side of the spectrum are activists. So it's sort of a vigilance. You have to. Now, I tell people I have to give a presentation. I say the first thing you need to do is uh, go to your town's website, or your city's website, and see. Look for things like green communities. If you're in Massachusetts, you're going to see green communities. Does this town buy into something called green communities? Look for groups. Look for the term sustainable. Sustainable New York, sustainable Finger Lakes, uh, sustainable New Jersey. Uh, these are some of the indications that your town has bought into some aspects of Agenda 21. Uh, see if they have a, um, a green uh, commissioner or environmental. Look at your planning commissions and see what they're planning. If they're planning to, uh, to rezone a particular neighborhood or a particular business area, and if they see money coming in from either the state or from the federal government to do this, if you're driving down the road in your town, you all of a sudden you see these little uh, stencil bikes, you know, in the ground, you know, stencil of new bike paths. This is something called complete streets. Now, say, oh, you mean bike paths are a plot, a county plot. This is what the, the advocates, uh, the opponents, oh, bike paths are a UN plot. Maybe the UN troops will be used taking bicycles and taking over the town. Well, no, not, not exactly. But you see, in order to qualify, in order to demonstrate that your town is is buying into this, they have to do certain things. So they they'll have these. Some of these streets, are, all they do is just put the uh, little bike paths and make the uh, maybe two lanes. Now it's one lane, and you get bike paths on both sides. And it's interesting, especially in the more densely populated urban areas, you'll see a bike path. Then all of a sudden, the bike path disappears. Uh, you know, 100 feet or 200 feet before an intersection. And what happens to the poor biker? Well, I guess you're on your own. Um, bikes have been with us a long time. I love bikes. I think people should ride them, and I'm sure and it has limited uh, uh, limited um, transportation. I mean, I don't think that if I'm going shopping for the family, I'm going to have to take a bike. <clears throat> I don't think if I'm going to commute to a job 10 or 20 miles away, maybe once in a while, but in the cold weather and the icy weather, probably not very efficient. So they have very limited, but the um, our masters, our would-be masters that are pushing this, they like to see us all on bicycles or walking to work and make sure our jobs are really close by. We have these little transit villages. And by the way, oh, I like commuter rail. I take commuter rail. I live in Boston, and I can hop on the commuter rail, the three-minute walk, and get to downtown in 10 minutes, 12 minutes. Uh, but, boy, it's expensive. Sometimes if I took my family, I'd just assume drive down, and pay the 20 bucks to 30 bucks to park. It'd be cheaper. And then I'm on my own. I don't have to worry about, I don't have to be a slave to a train schedule. So uh, to make it efficient, folks, uh, you, you greenies, the lower the price of the train, so it'd be a little easier to commute. So one of the things, <clears throat> there's a lot of denial, of course, uh, and people will say there's no such thing as Agenda 21 or it's a conspiracy theory or it, this meeting that took place in Rio back in 1992 was uh, it was just a, just a way to get people to be more conscious of their environment. But 
Um, and you won't hear the term Agenda 21 being used much by these uh, by these folks. But let me uh, just make reference to a publication that came out in the wake of Agenda 20, the real meeting. It was called Rescue Mission Planet Earth, a children's edition of Agenda 21. You see, they didn't mind using that term way back then when very few people knew about it. This is actually available on Amazon. And a couple of years ago, I did a little uh, video presentation. If you go, uh, I'm not sure if it's on the Camp Constitution YouTube channel or if it's my YouTube channel, Hal Shirtliff, but I would just put in Rescue Mission Planet Earth and you'll find the uh, presentation. And uh, this book, it has a little drawing of a little stick figure holding the planet. Uh, and here are the great organizations that we're putting it together. First off, the foreword was written by Boutros Boutros Ghali, the former Secretary General of the UN. See, that's a UN connection there, huh? the guy that's the Secretary General. And then you look at uh, the first page, Peace Child International, huh. UNICEF, United Nations Children's Fund, right? That's, they are the folks that sponsor terrorists in Africa. For, uh, UNEP, that's another UN entity. And UNESCO, United Nations Education, Science, Cultural Organization. You know, they, want, they want it all, folks. They, they're not just happy to, to come into your country. Uh, they want your culture. They want the education. And the Common Core <clears throat> is totally uh, involved in this Agenda 21. So here, let me read the little foreword here by Boutros Ghali. Children are among the first victims both of underdevelopment and of environmental degradation in all countries of the world. Rich and poor, they are the first to suffer from poverty, malnutrition, disease, and pollution. Yes, and while people are starving to death in Ethiopia uh, back in the 80s, you held your, your, your uh, meetings at a hotel and you ate like gluttons and you spent millions of dollars and nothing was done to help the, uh, the alleviate the, uh, the hungry people in Ethiopia that was in part, your fault, UN. A little aside there. Perhaps the major achievement of the Earth Summit, this is the Rio de Janeiro meeting, was to launch a global partnership for sustainable development. Let us not forget that such a partnership should include and benefit the young in whose hands lie the future of this planet. I surely hope that this book will help children from all countries better to understand and appreciate the fragile world in which we live and to dedicate themselves to do everything possible to protect and enhance the Earth our only home. That sounds really nice. So uh, all this propaganda, oh, yes, Al Gore also has um, comments here. As chairman of the Space Subcommittee in the Senate, I strongly urge the establishment of a mission to planet Earth, a worldwide monitoring system staffed by children designed to rescue the global environment. What a bunch of... And here's Mikhail Gorbachev. Yes, Mikhail Gorbachev, the great humanitarian and lover of the planet, who uh, put booby traps, toys that blew the hands of little children in Afghanistan back in the 80s. This monster has become now a great green, green activist. The greatest challenge of both our time and the next century is to save the planet from destruction. It will require changing the very foundations of modern civilization, the relationship of humans to nature. You see, you see how broad this agenda is? This isn't just some harmless, hey, let's just clean up the streets, let's, let's, uh, let's plant some trees. This is a total transformation of society. This is why it's being promoted in every single community in the country. So this is full of propaganda. Oh, yeah, they still talk about ozone holes here. Though. So, you know, uh, that's one of the things you don't hear much about. And you also don't hear about um, 
uh, acid rain, and you see acid rain here. And you'll see a, uh, a standing batch of dead trees, and you think it has something to do with it. And uh, actually, we've, um, you don't hear much about acid rain anymore either. Mostly, mostly it's just global warming, an overpopulation, and of course there is no overpopulation. And uh, global warming, uh, there's been no man-made, actually we're in a cooling trend. And that will be the next thing uh, that scare you. But oh, we were wrong about global warming, it's global cooling, but it's because of CO2 is the environment. So rescue mission plan on Earth. I hold this up to say, yeah, you say that this is some kind of conspiracy theory, that there's no such thing. Uh, well, here it is, folks, right here. And you can go on Amazon and buy this for about a few dollars uh, and see the connection between the UN and uh, Agenda 21. Um, now, I was in the main state house. I get there somewhat regularly, but a couple of years ago I was in their, um, I think, their information office, and I picked up this thing called Measures of Growth in Focus, Main Economic Growth Council of 2012 and why I picked it up is because those are the words sustainable economy performance measures and benchmarks to achieve a vibrant and sustainable economy for Maine you see they're not interested in a vibrant economy unless it's sustainable that means there's no industry or very little industry that means the forestry is uh, the trees the lumber is pretty much uh, done away with so besides putting up wind turbines and solar panels and recycling, there's not a whole lot more you can do in an economy if it's going to be sustainable. Sustainable economy, in the economic sense, is an economy that will be able to provide the needs and the wants of the people in the community, a profit margin, and what have you. This sustainable, their idea of sustainability is just the opposite of that. It will, it will lead your state into further poverty. And Maine, of course, is one of the most... Um, one of the poorest states in the Northeast. And it has this little, if you open it up, you'll see these three little circles together. And it's sort of the uh, sustainable development or the Agenda 21. I call it the Agenda 21 swastika. Uh, and you'll see this, uh, you'll see economy, community, environment, quality of life. So you'll see these three circles all put together. And that's, uh, that's one of their symbols here. And in New Hampshire, there's something called New Hampshire Fades. And uh, you'll see cut the carbon footprint, and you you see a little picture of a foot here, and, and they'll tell you all kinds of ways. Now I'm all in favor of saving money. My dad was a was a depression era guy, and uh, he was he was the one he was always turning lights off and always unplugging things, and I'm okay with that. I believe in stewardship, and that's what most people people that have a Judeo Christian or Christian worldview. They believe that God gave us this beautiful earth and we have an obligation to protect it. And the best way to do that is through the free market system, through private property. Uh, and, and if you own your own property, you tend to respect others, other property. If you don't own property, just look at an Earth Day. Look at the wake of an Earth Day concert if you don't believe that. You will see uh, neglect and filth. You look at a Tea Party rally where most people there have own their own property you'll see it sparkling clean. And that's really the difference. Um, so we only have a few minutes here. But, so I recommend it wherever you live. And where, you may be listening to the show in other parts of the world and say it doesn't affect me. Oh, yes, it does. First thing, go to a website called ICLE, the International Council for Local Environmental Initiative, ICLE.org, ICLE International. <clears throat> and see, and it will have a list of members. Now, they used to list the members town by town, you know, country, and then uh, at cities or in, 
in in the United States, it would be, you know, the states and then the state, all the different towns. So they stopped doing that, listing it by towns. It will just say states and how many towns in that state or maybe, but they won't list them. But you may be able to find out anyway, but go to the ICLE website uh, to see if your city, in whatever country you may, may be in, is a member of ICLE, and you'd be surprised. If you live in the United States, you can just go to that website. There's also ICLE USA. You might be able to find out there. Go to your state website and see if there's anything called a green community or a sustainable community or any of those type of buzzwords, and you may find out that your town it doesn't have to be a member of ICLE to promote Agenda 21. Take a visit to your town hall and just look around and see, uh, look for signs, look for some of these uh, carbon footprint type things or plan New Hampshire or Massachusetts green communities or uh, sustainable New Jersey or what have you. Uh, also, the term gateway is used a lot. Uh, you'll see uh, uh, gateway, gateway communities, gateway this, and, uh, and, and then see what they mean by gateway. And sometimes you'll find in, in Maine, coastal Maine, there's something called Gateway 1, and uh, it, the, the implementation of sustainable development through comprehensive planning. So that's something that you'll see as well. If you'd like to learn more about it, you can visit, uh, visit the Camp Constitution website, uh, visit our YouTube channel. There'll be a number of videos uh, posted about Agenda 21. Uh, contact me directly, and I'll be happy to put you in touch with people if you live in the United States, anyway, I can't. I don't have. I have some connections in Canada. I have one in Germany, but I know I can probably put you in touch with folks in other parts of the world through other groups that <clears throat> I'm aware. Uh, you call me directly at eight five seven four nine eight one three zero nine. Well, Al Shirtliff with Camp Constitution. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.